I followed all the rules. Man's and God's. And you. You followed none of them. And they all loved you more. Samuel, father. So welcome to Marcus Played, <laughs> the movie podcast about movie podcasts. My uh, friend and I here were just having a uh, conversation about the greatness of Shawshank Redemption. That's what we were just talking yes, about, which has absolutely. nothing to do with, well, actually, same year as your chosen film, I believe. I think they're both from 94. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. This is the year, uh, a spoiler, I graduated high school, so this is very formative for me. Um, so we're talking about Legends of the Falls. I like to, from time to time, Mike, as this is my choice... Uh, kind of throw you for a loop. You know, usually it's about cuckolding and, you know. <laughs> it's always about shit. cuckolding. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suspect and understand what your thoughts are going to be about this film, but let me bring you to my perspective. So I'm an immigrant, right? So I was not born in this country. So uh, after high school, I was a knucklehead, right? I was bartending, doing nothing. And then, you know, September 11th hits. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Latino guy. So in our culture, family is a very, very big thing. You know, family is a very, you know, everybody sticks together for a long time. And it, it's, it's very much rooted in our experience of life, right? This family thing. So September 11th hits and, uh, you know, being an immigrant, I felt like I owed something to my country. So I joined the army, um, like right after about a month later, a month later, I was at MEPS. MEPS is the processing station where they, you know, measure you, test you, all that stuff. And I was, I left another month later. So I was that guy, you know, called arms and blah, blah, blah. But my experience in the army changed the way I viewed uh, my family. You know, like it, I, I have a very tumultuous relationship with my family now. Um, and it's gotten better over time. But, you know, I, I, I left and I have a different, it, it, the army kind of breaks you down. You know, as you're in basic training and all that stuff, and they they really uh, change the way you view camaraderie and esprit de corps and things like that. So, um, my relationship with my family is went from this very hyper together thing to I'm way on the outside looking in, um, and I had a few years where it was very difficult, you know, with my family and stuff like that. So, and I remember this movie, you know, in '94, I was like, oh man, Brad Pitt, he's doing some really cool shit. You know, I loved it. You know, like it, I wanted to be cool like Tristan, you know, wrestling bears and shit and fighting and killing and all this crap. But then the movie changes as I'm going through this hard time with my family, you know, and um, I, I now to this day, I mean, I could mock the movie and I look at it, but I, the, to me, the movie is about Alfred. You know, I'm the Alfred character, you know, dumb as shit, doesn't understand what it is. Just, he's out doing his own thing. But spoiler for Legends of the Falls, he never loses sight of that family, his loyalty to that family, right? And that's who I want to be. You know, that's that's how I want to perceive myself. So wait, you want to be the Aiden Quinn character or you want to be Tristan and you accept that you're you're Alfred? No, I want to be Alfred. Like I want huh. as, as I as my life is going, you know, where I am today, I want to always 
maintain that that loyalty, even though I am my own thing on the outside. So like you mentioned a few weeks ago, how you really struggle or you don't want to bring on movies that are deeply personal to you mm. because you don't want to have someone to take a shit on it. So <laughs> that's where you would I, come in. <laughs> and this is where I am. Uh, and th- and this movie that is is kind of uh, it's a flighty movie. It's a very almost popcorny, very melodramatic sort of thing, but it is extremely deep. Like I get very very emotional watching that final scene. You know, there's that the the the, the music is crescendoing and all this stuff, but I get extremely emotional every single time. It doesn't matter. I almost cried on the goddamn treadmill over here watching this movie. So I like to throw you for loops. So I there he goes as personal as it gets. <laughs> Just dumping it on your lap. Michael Tennyson, what do you feel about this movie? I, I can get a little a little personal with it, I guess. Uh, I, I do take issue with your, and I guess spoiler alert for Legends of the Fall uh, and possibly Gone Girl. Uh, just before we officially started the show, I was talking about my yep. version of a good death in Gone Girl. And if you've seen it, you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't. I don't, I don't know, but... Um, not that far removed from the good death that is elevated to mythic status here. Uh, not a quick, painless end for yeah. our character. So, uh, a little more hair on the killer. <laughs> a little more body hair I'm, on the killer here. I'm I'm not down with that. I like the, <laughs> the I like the slick look, <laughs> the slick feel, slick covered in blood, nice lingerie, all of that. You know. Uh, Good times. Yeah. I'll watch that later. I, I love Gone Girl. Um, Legends of the Fall. I came into this with uh, ill feelings, I guess. I Now, I watched this when it probably was on video, and so you're a little bit older than me. I was 12 when this came out. Okay. And my stepmom was going fucking nuts for Brad Pitt, and in particular, this movie and i uh, so before i get too far into it i'll go ahead and bring in my podcast because that's kind of what they're debating um i forgot to mention what we're talking about here right it's like the movie vehicle like the the star making vehicle of the old days you're just you're just stealing my podcast thunder because that is that is what they are talking about so this show and i hate to do this back-to-back weeks but i believe this show is done uh you can still find their uh their podcast but their uh premise was brad pitt uh, the show is called This is the Pits, and they were doing one of his movies every episode. So as you can imagine, oh, okay. even though the guy has had a long, uh, you know, successful career, if you're doing those weekly, you're eventually going to run out. Yeah, it's finite. Yeah. This was episode 12. So, um, you know, I figured you would appreciate that because I can't remember which podcast I brought on. Um, uh, we Love the Love for... Uh, can't buy me love and that, that was like their fifth yes, episode and uh, i i thought that would you know impress you Brad Pitt is the perfect cast for this oh my god and like they are lucky to have got brad Pitt. 100 <laughs> percent. i couldn't it was so wonderful to watch him in this role because I, he's so that sexiness that doesn't come from just looking sexy but that thing that he has the thing that sets brad pitt apart is the thing thing. that tristan has right yes yes well i mean it's totally it's because he he brad pitt himself said that there were a few a few of his roles where he knew that he was the right person for the job and it was he mentions thelma and louise and this one yeah he says he says i feel like i knew those characters and 
you know, he, he said it just felt natural to him to, to do those, um, like he knew what he was doing. Like, whereas totally. with, he said that with interview, he was kind of just like meandering through the role. Like he, he knew it and he was trying to understand it, but he needed a lot of coddling from the director and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it was just a challenging role. Whereas this was much more, he just knew like it was instinctual and it, it totally shows. Like, I think it really shows. It totally shows. And I think he had enough clout from the, his career of all of the other episodes kind of that we've done here culminating in this one where this is the last one where we say he's a, He's at the beginning of his career. So uh, Legends of the Fall, they're kind of talking about this being uh, Brad Pitt's arrival. And there's a little bit of a debate between this and like Thelma and Louise. Uh, yes. Yeah. Not cameo, because I don't think he was a name enough to have like a, you know, right. uh, like a known appearance. But certainly my life and with my mom, not my stepmom. I remember her becoming aware of Brad Pitt with Thelma and Louise with the, you know, not a bad little con man. If you're going to be conned, make yeah. sure it's it's Brad that Pitt, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom also leans far more to Thelma and Louise territory as far as the type of movie she likes, as opposed to Legends of the Fall. My stepmom, you know this, uh, you know Bridges of Madison County, The Princess Bride. She likes sort of sweeping romances. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I am coming at this as a 12 year old, which is the wrong age. I think to watch this and I don't know what you would grasp at this from a kid other than I'm feeling disgusted knowing that my stepmom is probably thinking unseemly thoughts about Tristan. And there are so many sequences when he arrives in this sort of hair on horseback flowing, riding across the field. And not only that, but the other characters announce it's Tristan. Like, I mean, it is the greatest fucking thing in their life whenever yes, he shows up. But it is the greatest fucking thing. It's Brad Pitt on a horse. What are you talking about? He's like a he's like a like a glowing centaur. He's the horse is meshed to his bottom. So the funny thing here is that, uh, keeping it personal is I'm watching it now, and so my youngest brother, um, stepmom's son, is born around this time period. Okay, and is Sawyer younger than Wyatt? Yeah, he's 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 my my youngest sibling. Sawyer's the yep. youngest. Okay, and I'm watching this, and it's funny because I my only experience with it is my stepmom having a, a big lady boner for Brad Pitt, and it's it's fine. I get it. Like especially yeah. watching it now, I'm like, yeah, they were. I mean, this is prime Brad Pitt. Yes, but this character is very close. If it was like a, uh, you know, Northwestern type of Sawyer. Sawyer is the redneck version for sure. Correct. But his demeanor and his views on family and just his sort of, uh, you know, he's got a very like sort of casual kind of charm to him uh, and sort of this like rough rough housing sort of masculine quality to him. Yes. Uh, He's very much into the fact that he has brothers. He likes that idea of being like a set group of, of men tied by blood. All of that. I'm seeing Sawyer. The bad thing is, <laughs> Sawyer and my stepmom had a very combative relationship. And it was funny to me to watch this, where she sort of could idolize this like romantic heartthrob. And I'm thinking, around this time period, you gave birth to a man who's actually pretty close in yeah. character to this guy, who has that wanderlust, who'll disappear, uh, can self-sabotage. Uh, Show up and steal your girl. <laughs> Could well, you know, actually, I'll give Sawyer credit in that that one area. He has a magnetism to him, like I think Sawyer does. Like I, I mean, I've met him a few times, and he has like a, a way about him that is uh, 
he's very magnetic. You know, he's a very charming guy. I don't think, though, that he would, uh, you know, if I was <laughs> hopefully bringing Julia Ormond home, I don't think he would have a longing gaze with with her in that way because he he maybe he has the better version of Tristan where he truly yeah. truly is a boundary yeah. yeah he 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 likes the idea of family so much that that would I presume would not cross his mind um you think that now <laughs> I think that I I don't know what he's you know I've not talked to him here in a, a week or so so I don't I don't know you know where he's at or what he's up to maybe he is stealing uh, someone else's his lady but it was it was strange <laughs> to me I, I like that you start this off personal because it reminded me of the um Sort of the disconnect between movies and reality that way, even in what we aspire to see. And, you know, my, my stepmom, she's a very funny, very friendly lady, but I wouldn't say that um, she's reckless in any way in her life. Like, she has it together. And so, in one mm-hmm. way, it makes sense that you go to the movies to see something that you're not going to experience and you're right. gonna, yeah. you know, see this character that you, you fall in love with, but would you actually, <laughs> in reality, want to have to deal with uh the you know the, the drama and uh, the tension of this character and that's that's the part of the film uh getting away from the personal that I actually really liked as an adult was Anthony Hopkins that was the guy I gravitated towards none of the brothers because I didn't see myself in any of the the brothers at all you have the youngest one that's kind of naive and he's idealistic I, I i don't think i've ever been that i don't so you've never sang for the family no <laughs> you never I, no michael dennison there singing as evening fell a maiden stood at the edge of a wood in her hands lay the reins of a stallion and ne'er i'd seen a girl as fair heard a gentler voice anywhere Whispered, alas, she belong, belong to another, another, forever. Yes, she belong to the twilight and mist. No, uh, I remember some one Christmas there was like a karaoke machine, and uh, my grandfather did uh, uh, My Way. A pretty good version of my way, mm, <laughs> and no one else was going to step up to the mic after that. After he's pulling down Sinatra, yeah, somebody always like ruins the curve. It's like in school, yeah, you know, yeah, you grade yeah. on a curve. Mm-hmm. Someone's always fucking it up. Yeah, um, it. which I would have gone the other way anyway. I have no no singing voice, so I'm, I'm not just saying that was the that was a good excuse, but it wasn't the actual reason that I wasn't stepping up to the mic. Um, but I had forgotten, like in my mind, because I remembered the Tristan character was kind of destructive in this, you know, he's he's the gravitational pull to almost every other member of the family uh, in a strange way. Like, and he's, I don't think he sets out to be that, but that magnetism that you're talking about, it just happens. Like, you know, he's, it really is the Aiden Quinn character that really kind of wants to pull them more his direction, like, you know, with his political yeah. career and, and doing things as he says the right way. Um but yeah, I, I I forgot. I in my memory there was a far more combative relationship with the father and Tristan, and that's not there at all. And I really dug that. No, he, he it's he's clearly the favorite son. You know, he's which Sawyer's not. Just going back to personal, he is the black sheep <laughs> of the family, and he will he will say that he will say like my family hates me. Like I'm like why that sucks. <laughs> well, uh, I don't. Yeah, you know, me and him have always been close. But uh, my other brother uh, Wyatt that you mentioned, he is the the darling child, and there's nothing wrong with with Wyatt at all. But I I've always had a suspicion as far as why. <laughs> like what? Why is it because Sawyer is the one that I think uh, tries more. 
he tries more to like you know he he to, to curry favor and maybe it's that maybe it's that uh my my parents are like you're a try hard and we we won't ex- we won't accept I don't it. like this cassassery <laughs> get this cassassery out of here <laughs> maybe Wyatt is the uh see you know in maybe Wyatt is the Tristan character you he, know, the, he's the, Aiden uh, Quinn he falls far more in that like as far as like oh, okay he's he's he has a very structured this is what I'm gonna do like go to work this is these are my plans. That sort of thing, and uh, <laughs> that makes Sam, makes you Samuel. <laughs> if, if, you, if you have to pick, I'm the, I'm the one that spoiler alert that dies in the first act. Which you know, as long as that's the who gone girl his, death, that's who gets his, fine his girl me. taken right before the war, <laughs> and then after his death, his wife, his uh, girl gets passed around by the whole family. <laughs> you know, there was something to uh, to appreciate about him being removed from the chaos that ensues afterwards. I mean, yeah, he gets riddled yeah. with bullets. Uh, but he gets a nice gravesite. He's the first one there up on the hillside. He gets a moment of probably, peace. <laughs> it's probably merciful that he went out that there way. Was, he didn't have to see the carnage that ensues afterwards. This is a so. Is this based on a book? I presume it's a uh, novella. A, a novella, Jesus! Like, because I was about to say, there's like there is so much drama packed into this. There's so much tragedy. Uh, you know, even the character that I like, I, I, I like the father. Has a fucking stroke, like off screen. We we come back, you know. Tristan, another one of the many scenes where people were like, uh, like it's fucking Shane on horseback, you know. Except it's the the happy version, not the sad version. And we got to have Anthony Hopkins uh, can no longer. He's got a little chalkboard around his fucking neck. We'll make it back on horses or, or something else if we have to. We'll make it back. Horse, 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 horse. He's saying that your brother voted for the Volstead Act. Oh, did he? You suggesting I become a bootlegger? <laughs> Good money, bootlegger. You know what you're doing. Scrawn! 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 Screw the government! <laughs> it's an intentional comedy for sure. His stroke face is not... Uh, I, I know some... I have some family members who have had strokes and... You know there are there are uh, very harsh realities there, but I can't help but like look at this and like God, Lee, man, this is funny, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So you you uh you kind of own up to it's um you know going on our last episode, it's little particular quirks of this film where you so you can see even though it's something that uh is I guess a personal film to you that you connect yes. with, you can you can see the outs for people where they might they might check out and kind of oh God yes okay yeah. Like even now, like in any in any other scenario, this would be a perfect movie for true bromance, where it's just pure mockery, you know, or sober cinema, where you just eviscerate this movie for how silly it is, you know, and how unintentionally funny it is. Um, but I, you know, that connection is the only thing that, that grabs this movie, and it's it's funny because like it's morphed over time for me, you know, it's it's very different. Like I, you know, like I was saying. Tristan was this like oh man this is doing cool shit, and then uh, as my life changed and you know you go back and and also podcasting has, has changed the way I view the movie because I never really unintentionally mocked it until I'm watching it with sort of that lens <clears throat> of uh, I'm going to talk about uh, this later like yeah, yeah yeah where oh like oh I'm rolling my eyes at the you know Brad Pitt stuffing his hair into his hat during <laughs> to World War II, World War One or whatever it is and the his ridiculous crying when uh when this spoiler when his wife gets shot 
and he charges and he's yelling no and all this stuff. It's really not peak acting for Mr. Pitt. But, there. you know, it fits within this, like, the setting, uh, the fucking title, the poster. Like, I, I feel like you don't, you know, in the old days, rent this movie. You don't go to the theater. Uh, you don't download it now. Whatever. Without, like, being somewhat prepped for, all right, this is kind of going to be the level that we're at. It, it is melodrama. I mean, it's yeah. like very much, it's old fashioned. Like I don't, cause I've been watching some, some movies that I would never bring to Marcus played. Cause you, you have a hatred of anything. Like, I think the true bromance motto is anything pre seventies, eighties, nineteen eighty, even seventies. Like seventies is like the greatest stretch for me of like finding like really keep in films. mind. A lot of this is uh based on my co-host being a complete oh, mongrel. All right. So you're, you're willing to move the goalposts to the seventies, but, uh, oh, yeah. I, I I would be very hesitant to bring anything from like the forties and fifties to to mark it as played. But when I watch some of those old movies, you, you kinda have to accept that this is the level of drama you get. And Legends of the Fall would, would fit in that realm. It could have come out decades prior and would have swept the Oscars, I assume. If you look at uh the director Edwards Wick, he is extremely heavy-handed. You know, he did Glory, which got a couple awards and things like that. He's done Courage Under Fire, Blood Diamond. Um, he's very much of the old school, grandiose sort of filmmaking. You know, he's that guy. I I you mentioned know. him before. You made this selection. Uh, I mentioned him. I think on proje- projecting film. I can't even keep my podcast conversation straight. But I I don't know how he came up. But I said that when I see his name in the trailer or like, you know, on the poster, uh, it's code for me for boring. Like, cause I, <laughs> Oh, come on. Dude. Well, okay. So like last samurai, um, what else did he do? The chess movie with, uh, yeah, he did with, uh, Spider-Man, uh, pawn sacrifice. I don't think he does anything like wrong. I mean, there are definitely some, as you said, some possibly laughable moments in legends of fall, but for the most part, his movies, I don't come away from saying that was complete trash. But he has he has a certain um, interest he's, and a certain he's writing those books that you talk about with Fabio on the cover. Yeah, that's he's making the movie version of those books. Blood Diamond, Defiance, like these just kind of seem like they're, they're in that sort of Oscar Beatty realm of of stuff that I watch and then never revisit. Uh, the only one you can break him down into like. Like, so if you take Edward Zwick's filmmaking and you really, you know, bore down, when Tristan comes back, you know, one of the times you, you, you cut to the, the feet, the hooves stomping, the water, uh, splashing, the, the, the eagle like, like screaming and the, the, the Native American guy, you know, running and looking off into the world and the music is, it is just so over the top. What's he doing now? Preston! Yeah, and that is Edward's wake. He just plays every note. Like, he could have taken a couple of those elements, dialed it back, and still had that effect because guess what? It's Brad Pitt on a horse. I'm telling you, my stepmom, 
I think she likes it. I think she liked all of that that build up, which you know, the, 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 the tragedy of my younger brother's life is that he provides all that drama for free <laughs> and no time for it. Let me tell you the one Zwick movie that I, when I was looking over this, where I'm like, oh yeah, I could do a podcast on that. Jack Reacher, never go back. Uh, no, I, I prefer the first Jack Reacher, which I was a big fan of. Yeah, love and other drugs. Is that the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, what's her nuts? What's her nuts? Jesus Christ! Show some respect. Anne Hathaway. Uh, there he is. I actually was about to applaud you for including Jake Gyllenhaal because I, I think you were getting. It is a true package deal there of physical oh, yeah. appeal with those two. And that one, yeah. actually, that one kind of sticks out. But you know what? There's still a lot of melodrama in it, too. Zwick cannot get away from it. He can't. He can't help himself. He's he's got a. He's the guy who's cooking a meal that will overseason mm. everything. He's just throwing too much of like, oh, I got a great idea. Let me add some more garlic. He's like the Emeril Lagazzi of uh, of movie making because you don't have to do all these things when you've got Brad Pitt. You know, and just kind of circling back to the original point of the podcast, we really amazingly found lots of fruit to talk about in this movie. There is. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of meat personal. on the bone with this one, I think, for podcasts. There is. But, you know, the, I guess the whole intent was to talk about movie making, star making vehicles and where that actor or actress is what the studio was pushing forward. It's intended to make him a star, which it did. You know, this came out, interview with the vampire, same time frame. Writing off of that small role in Thelma and Louise, maybe Cool World or something like that, California, that time frame, and it made him a big star. The only, and I'm going to bring up my podcast um, called Stop Rewind, and they're talking about um, uh, Jim Carrey. Okay, and there was in 1984 was the summer of Jim Carrey, same time frame where he came out and the, the the studios were just throwing vehicles out at us right to ace ventura came out the mask right? That's the, the, the mask dumb and dumber, dumb and dumber yeah. all came out in the same year so this like was the era of jim carrey so he had this and then the sequel was also very successful and the, the, mask. the mask was incredibly successful dumb and dumber dumb and dumber is incredibly successful liar, so the, liar. Wait, the, just i know i think you guys have talked about this before on this on the show but I was just kind of like flipping through IMDb while I was watching the movie, and this, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all came out in 1994. Isn't that just crazy? That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, I, it seems almost like, and I don't know if this is just because the way that the movie industry has changed is just, I don't think that movie studios would do that now because they'd just be like, we're cannibalizing the Jim Carrey market. Yeah. You, people only want to see so much Jim Carrey in one year. They're going to be like, make the movie, put it out next year. Yeah. You know? It would have been like a 94, 95, 96 thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand the logic behind that, but apparently it fucking worked because everybody was just obsessed with Jim Carrey. And it's this barrage of, uh, of Jim Carrey. And it, they're all... If you can't, you cannot make those movies without Jim Carrey. His crazy, extreme way of comedy, his you know bending, face bending, slapstick. I mean, he was made like it was almost like he was born just to be in the mask. That like that to play that character who's just right. it's just about his face, like just the faces yeah. he's making, and they highlight it with the you know the, the 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 green makeup that he's got on the mask there. But um, yeah, that's. So it's actually kind of like my podcast tied into that with Ed Zwick, um, where they, yeah. I don't know if they were throwing shade to Zwick, like 
I guess I was attempting to do, or maybe I'm just reading into that. But they were saying that Brad Pitt's arrival is like movie God with legends of the fall almost negates any talent or skill set of like the filmmaking here, because it's like, well, it had to be this guy. It's kind of what you're saying with your show and, and Jim Carrey, like it had to be Brad Pitt. Just, just him right. arriving on set is doing 90% of the heavy lifting here. It certainly is for Julia Ormond in that cabin. <laughs> Julia Ormond. Um, yeah. Director's commentary. Go listen to it. You know, okay, so you, you brought that up uh, off mic before I was, I was you know, going into my weekly perversions with you, which you, you encourage uh, to check in to, to see. Always. Yeah. Always. Uh, so I, I had a copy of this on the hard drive. Um, I don't know where it came from. Fell off a truck type thing. But I was giving you the respect because I wondered if there was a, uh, uh, you know, a souped up package of this. And uh, I went to, I I faced uh, the the pandemic that we're we're in, put on the mask, uh, going to a used bookstore. They had five fucking copies of Legends of the Fall for $3.99 on the shelf. And they had one that was sealed that had not been touched uh, by someone. Wait, your library sells movies? No, this is a used bookstore that had this. Oh, okay. Got Um, it. Okay. And so they had one that was still sealed, same price. So I'm, I'm definitely taking that one, the one that's not been touched by diseased hands at this point. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> I did not get a chance to check out the commentary like you did. But um, being the dork that I am, I'm like, is the commentary worth a listen? If I'm so inclined and I go to one of my DVD review sites that talks about specifically the commentary tracks and God, I mean, th- the ball washing that we – I guess as a film community do for, for Brad Pitt, even on this DVD review site, when it came to the commentary section, they're like, boy, that Brad Pitt, he is the highlight of this, this track. He, he provides so much insight, so much charm. You just want to listen to this guy, just talk. And I'm like, it never ends. Like the, I mean, the, I can't deny it though. <laughs> I, I would agree with them. Like, he's, he's actually, you know, you listen to these commentaries and some of them are like, look at the camera angle, look at the this or look at that, that. Nope. He's going ultra personal about what the hell went on on that set, and I'm all in for yes, it. I want to know about Brad Pitt, <laughs> you know, doing things with Julia Armand in a private cabin. You know, a little method acting, maybe. Taking it from behind. <laughs> so I really like Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> I want that big bear coat that he wears the whole time. I want that thing. I, I can see Sawyer wearing that thing. Yeah, uh... I, I could see him definitely, as I said, the, the sort of redneck, uh, you know, version of it, uh, the, the Kentucky version, uh, leaning into that. But, you know, that's a point in the film that I think could be laughable. But at that point, like at that point, we've had so much buildup that it just feels destined that it's going to come down to like father and, I mean, ultimate spoiler alert, father and sons are going to have a gunfight with like the authority that come to their land it shouldn't work yeah it really shouldn't but it mostly does i mean oh yeah uh yeah especially which is painful i'm over here crying on the treadmill (laughs) well that that in in particular shouldn't work but i think even if you put that up as like a little patreon bonus or something for a podcast it would work for me if you had a live feed of you weeping on (laughs) watching legends of the fall i i do want to say here's one big issue with the movie and it is Julia Ormond for me. Oh, what is in and, and my wife agreed with me because I, I was like, okay, maybe this is just 
you know, we, uh, uh, hopefully it's off mic. I don't know how much of it Hyrule will use in this episode, but, you know, we start this conversation with <laughs> him demanding to hear my, my list of, uh, female exemptions, c- female <laughs> celebrities I would like to have, uh, you know, dinner with, a conversation <laughs> with. That's, <laughs> oh, okay. Not uh, taking them from behind like Julia Armand. Of, of course not, sir. Um, Julia Ormond, I look over at my wife and I'm like, is this, is this like the only woman on the on the planet? Because it's Montana, man. The, the, you know how much they have to ride like hours just to get into to a bar, and at the bar there's only one dude that doesn't serve American Native Americans. I needed an What's wrong Indiana Jones red line sequence where you show me the proximity of other <laughs> humans that have vaginas, <laughs> so you can kind of explain it to me because we've gone on and on, which is the the premise of this particular episode about how clear Brad Pitt is a star. Uh, not yes. only in our world, but in this world where everyone stops and gawks at him just when he just walks right. in. Yep. Uh, him rolling around in the mud with his brothers. It's like, you know, Aiden Quinn can look dirty and disgusting, and Brad Pitt looks sexy. And Godly. That, yeah. Godly. Yes. I didn't get that from Julia Ormond. So I didn't know. I was just purely basing it on is this just proximity based but like i didn't i felt like her character it is proximity based 100 percent. like because when when brad pitt returns gloriously there's only one other woman there and guess what she's getting it too <laughs> oh yeah she's getting it um it's proximity so so you know brad pitt do you think it is a failing of the film that she is so sort of thinly drawn that she's just like the object of not even object of desire because i don't think they like are sexualizing her but it's just like the uh, the the I mean I guess just object of love for these brothers because all of them yeah. just look at her in this protective fashion and they look at her as something that in their I guess older years they can care for and be cared by this woman this very domesticated life which is the problem with Tristan is that he can't really be you know can't be tamed he has this wanderlust but I I did kind of have an issue with the film that she is such a blank slate she is just oh I disagree lady. so I think that you like that um, you like your your woman with <laughs> No thoughts, no history, no personality. <laughs> How dare you? I disagree that she's thinly drawn. I think she's. They make an effort, Zwick here. I mean, I think great he Zwick. clumsily does it. The auteur that will be on a podcast directed by before Tony Scott. Tony Scott will be ever. Yeah, well, just for yeah, loving no other drugs. Oh, um, I think that they. It's a little haphazardly, but they. The the the, the Michael Deniston character. Uh, what's his name? The one that um, dies. He get. It yeah. has his heart he ripped out us. by his brother. His- <laughs> Literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> uh, but the, he goes on and on about how she's into the arts and she's so uh, exciting of a person to talk to. You know, he, 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 I didn't get he that. gives that to us. <laughs> she's got me spinning. I bet. She's got these ideas and theories and she's... Uh, she's... What? Nothing. So how'd you break the mirror? Oh, no, no. Uh-uh. She's what? Well, she's sort of passionate. She virgin? Good Lord, Tristan. You brought it up. Well, of course she is. Are you? Well. Um, yes, I am. You gonna wait till you get married? See, she says... Susanna thinks that. Dude, No. I'm not gonna wait. And you're afraid you won't meet her expectations? 
Oh, I guess I am. Sort of. I, I don't know. Sh should I be? <laughs> Shamu, God bless you. You are good at everything you try to do. I'm sure it'll be the same with fucking. Tristan, really? We're talking about my future wife. Oh, you're not gonna fuck her? No. No? Uh, no, I'm... I'm planning to be with her. I recommend fucking. I mean, he said it. I mean, he said it, but you don't... I don't I don't ever see it, I guess, myself. Oh, I mean, the the the, the dinner that he has when, when the brothers leave the war and then they go and they sit at the servants' table, which is kind of fucked up, but mm -hmm. you know, probably true to life, mm -hmm. you know, that era, you know, and, and they're talking about educating the girl. You know, she is showing her... Her compassion, her education level, her her love of arts, her love of people. I think there's something there to her. Um, just think what Anne Hathaway could have done with this role. I just have love and other drugs pulled up. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> God, I love Julia Armand. I, I I'm shocked that she didn't become a bigger star. I thought mm. so. She did uh, after this uh, Sabrina, the Sabrina remake. I think was her only kind of big like push. Because uh, I'm not seeing on that was her Legends of the Falls trying to make her famous. I, I mean, I you know, the, I I kind of miss that honestly. Um, First night, remember she she played uh, Lady Guinevere. She's all. What is with her? So there's a theme. I I could do my own little trilogy, uh, which I've been known to do on uh, podcasts of having her as the central premise of she's the woman being fought over by brothers literal brothers or like brother-like relationships mm, that's a good point yeah and i don't know why like that. in a row <laughs> three in a row <laughs> like it makes no sense to me personally but yeah like I, I think maybe that's the reason like you know you asked what happened to her i i don't know if she was given it's like a weird form of typecasting where she's just the the object of desire she's the quest object and you know there's where's her <laughs> where's her a uh, stroke victim wearing a, a bear coat, handling a rifle, like out there, like you know, Anthony Hopkins is not being typecast in this this particular part. Like he made for the first thirty minutes, you're like, okay, this is like an Anthony Hopkins type role. Then he fucking goes for it, and I was, <laughs> yeah. I was all about it. <laughs> his his like smashed face or whatever he's doing. I don't know what the hell's going on. Man. It's it's comedy gold, unintentional comedy gold. I I don't know, man. I just. Julia Mond, I I I I had a thing for her for a long time. She probably she probably is still on that top ten list for me. I have Julia Mond respect right there. for you on that. I mean, I don't understand it, but I I, I like that. Uh, good lord, I mean, I don't know who. There, I know who it is. It's the Tom Brady of your list. Someone that <laughs> how how does she still do it? How does she still <laughs> how is she still making the cut uh, at her age? Um, for me, Tom Brady would probably make that list ahead of and her. She brought it back with which in her uh, stint in Mad Men, uh, when she was the uh, French mother to uh, to John Hamm's wife. I like that. That is, you know, that's a good point. That's more like what I'm asking for is for the Hopkins kind of part. The you know, I guess the rascal, if you will, a little more more showy. Uh, I, I don't remember. I'm seeing in her list that she was in Curious Case of Benjamin Button. With uh, Brad Pitt again, who was she in that? Oh, no clue. I wonder if they rekindled any of that magic that they had offset. That was just me, just like batting practice. Like, I just <laughs> let's just see if Hiro takes the bait on this. His favorite story <laughs> from the commentary track. Of course, yeah. I mean, I am nothing if not predictable and reliable. I don't know where 
to go from here other than maybe a, a, a suitably depressing note on Marcus played. Oh no. Maybe this is the time where we lament. I had great feelings and nostalgia, not just for my, the, the, the family stories with my stepmom loving this movie and seeing my brother in it in some way. Uh, I, cause I'm kind of struggling on what to service up next. Cause I, I wanted to be like, okay, what's a more modern version of this? Like mm-hmm. you mentioned Jim Carrey. Okay. And everyone I think of, it's not, there's not a natural kind of push or acceptance where it's almost like, and I mean, we live in a very divided country anyway at this point, but yeah. even if you, you know, if, you, if you're one of those guys that's, uh, I know you've, you've met him. It's like, I'll never watch Titanic. And it was like, just because chicks liked it. Like, you know, there was this like point of pride, like in Brad Pitt, I'm sure he got a lot of hate from men just because pretty boy, that sort of thing. Like, mm. I don't know if he didn't, maybe he earned his stripes with like seven and fight club with those, those types. Um, but even with that being said, I don't think even those bros, those dudes could deny like, oh, that's a movie star. Like, you know, just accept it. You may not like it. You may not like yeah. the movies he's in. Yeah. I'm struggling to come up with a modern slam dunk. This person is a movie star and everyone and accepts that it. Is my, and that is my thing is, is it a quality of him or is it a quality of the way he's presented? You know what I mean? Like, I was, I initially pitched this topic as... I lament that there is no vehicle anymore. There is, we're not propping up our heroes as we once did. You know, I, I, I think of, is there a better looking man in cinema history in any single shot than looking at Brad Pitt when he's, his hair's billowing and all this stuff? I think of maybe like Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. And Paul that's Newman, a really good pull. And that yeah. beautiful looking man, right? Well, and iconic. There are these, it's iconic, yes. Granted, this is not quite iconic, but you look at it and you can see how it could. They tried to make it iconic. Maybe if Edward Zwick would have dialed it back a notch, but they don't do this anymore. The studios don't elevate these guys on a pedestal or gals. I don't see anyone being put on. Now we have, you know, they're wearing costumes. You know, they're wearing capes. They're wearing robot armor. They're they're doing dumb shit. I think I've and got I, one. Okay, who would you put? Who is your who would who do you want to see the vehicle made of? Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, uh, you know he he would be in that camp. Like, and believe you me, uh, as we got into this conversation, I'm like maybe I should just pick Love and Other Drugs. But I would I would go off the rails as far as if we were, if we were talking about. Let me let me let me interrupt you. The correct answer is Michael Pena. <laughs> you keep saying we're going to do a Michael Pena episode, and I've actually been purchasing some material, some movies that he's in that I I really like. Just to prepare for this this looming threat i say threat and it's like it's actually a conversation i'd like to have but i'm going far more white of course with what of course (laughs) of course just like your top late top 10 ladies list all white except well you know there's one uh you know ben affleck's girlfriend but uh yeah i don't know if that makes it more white that ben affleck has has entered the picture uh this one is as white as white can get i think as far as recent movies even though it does have a prominent uh character musician uh black artist in it um i want to try to talk about what we have discussed here going forward uh with la la land and i want to have a conversation about it no moonlight remove the whole oscar thing but when we were having this discussion i was trying to think of because ryan gosling is one that came to mind i think emma stone is one as far as like has had kind of a push, but neither one of them just on their own are going to sell tickets. 
And so for me, like going forward with this idea of star vehicles, I think La La Land would have been previously star making or the announcement of these are genuine movie stars now. But instead, the director is somewhat the star or maybe even the concept is the star. It's it's like the, the La La Land idea is the star making thing and the director gets his name recognized more than the movie stars. Cause I don't, I don't think it's really changed the direction of Emma it's Stone. It's Damien Chazelle, right? Right. Is the, the director. Okay. I don't think Ryan Gosling or Emma Stone moved up a tier from La La Land, even though, you know, for two seconds it did win best picture. You know, it had, it, it, it checked off all the boxes as far as that being box office success, critical darling. And it's got those, you know, star making pretty scenes. white people. Pretty white people throw back to old Hollywood. So I'd like to do La La Land. I'm just getting out the Oscar talk there because even when that thing came out, I felt like I didn't have one conversation about it that wasn't in relation to Moonlight that particular year. Mm. My conversations revolved around how ungrateful uh, Emma Stone's character is in that movie. Like, God, man, she's such a just a downer. Love Julia Ormond and all of the tragedy that she she brings to this this family, but Emma Stone unforgivable maybe if uh julia armand put a little more effort i mean uh emma stone put a little more effort like julia armand did behind the scenes <laughs> should be elevated this has been marcus played we will <laughs> discuss <laughs> la la land with the appropriate reverence next week <laughs> <laughs>